Now they've got another shorthanded rush. Stone is in, stops, scores! Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Over to the right side, sixth attacker is on. Carlson to the left, Petrangelo shoots wide, rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson ties the game. 4-4 with a minute 35 to play. Power play goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. Chris Chapman, Lindsey Brown, our last hour for the week. You know what's kind of funny? Like, I've had people mention that they would listen to a podcast if the two of us did a podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, we'll have to have the important people talk to the other important people and see the powers if that's that be, uh, something we could explore. The powers that be in the LBC? Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, just like any good player, don't do anything for free. I got I to gotta get an agent. Same. Work on that for me. Sa- okay. Okay. <laughs> no, not you. Oh. The agent the, 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 will work on that for me. You're just speaking that into the ether, not to me. Yes, Got yes. I'm, I'm not saying you it's need to work on me. that for this me. This is just me showing my goalie training, my only childness. It is not all about me, I'm aware. <laughs> no, no. I'm so, aware this moment. Um, yeah, it is hour number two, our last uh, episode of the week. Who knows if we'll Who have, knows? if we'll have the opportunity to do this again, but Call um, us if you want it to be your agent. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if my lawyer has has no, probably not. He's too busy. My uh, uncle told me to give him a call when the time is right. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, your uncle? Uh, oh yeah. He's an agent? Oh, well, let's just say he knows his way around money. Oh. Yeah, introduce me to your have uncle. To be an agent or a lawyer. You just have to know how to how to count those dugits. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what they call? What, is that what they're called? Dugits? I have. I've never I feel heard like that's that. That's a that's a a denomination of some sort of currency. See, now I have people in more so from my grandfather's mother's side. Yeah. My great grandmother. They came over from the UK when my grandfather was very very small. Sure. I think he was like ten. But um, there's some people over there who have done some really cool stuff. Yeah. Militarily wise. Really. Yes. My, uh, I guess it's my grandfather's cousin, maybe his uncle, I don't know. But he actually unveiled a war memorial in uh, Wirral, which is Birkenhead, which is near Liverpool. And uh, he lost his eyesight in World War One, but he was apparently one hell of a singer. And he went around right touring... On. As a singer, and they called him the Singing Scouser because he hmm. he was blind and he was a scouser. Of USO, but, it's UKO, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But I don't know why the hell I just told that story. But, I know, I just you know, get you to open up, chat, and I it's wanna, have that effect on people. I want to ask you about that sweatshirt because I've been looking at it all day. and it's My Dave Sport Shop yeah, sweatshirt? Yeah, so, so is that like a hockey shop at back oh, home? Oh, absolutely it is. is it's it got like, a couple of spots. Is Dave like Hans in the Mighty Ducks? Kind of, kind of. It's one of those hole-in-the-wall places. I mean, nowadays, hockey stores are kind of everywhere in Minnesota now because it's a different profit model. There's just more stuff to sell. But back in the day, you know, there's only a couple of spots that you would trust. Like, you're like, yeah, "Yeah, they sharpen skates, but they don't do it like Dave's. And so (laughs) Dave's... Dave's is where I would get my skate shirt when I was young. Uh, I was where I bought my first goalie mask. Uh, Now, how old were you when when you 
When I started playing goalie or when yeah. I started skating? No, playing goalie. Well, I wanted to play goalie right away when I started playing, and uh, my parents were not a fan of that plan for me, so I got to go in for my second game ever. But I made a deal with them because that was in mites, and I was probably in second, third grade. And they said until I was at least 11 or 12, I had to do both. And so I had to play. I could train as goalie, but I also had to skate out. And so just for development wise as well, because you see so many of these kids specializing from a young age, not necessarily where it's goalie to forward. They'll go just hockey and they're like eight years old. and That's all they play, which is asinine to me. I learned and developed so much better in playing tennis and playing softball and playing golf and ultimately allowed me to get away from the hockey rink and the hockey grind and hockey people. Like we've talked about it this week of just how not, it's not the most diverse group of people. Yeah. And you have, life isn't like that. And you have to learn how to be a little bit more of a chameleon and get around, get along with people and create relationships with different types of people who've had different experiences than you. And so uh, goalie was always on my mind from the second that I wanted to to play hockey but in Goalie terms of the commitment I was probably 12 12 13 when I went full blown full blown wow but I had been I'd still have been training like I started I don't know how old I was when I started training at Stauber's Gold Crease but I was one of his first clients and so gosh there's a lot of hours a lot of money that's why my parents didn't want me to play they're like it's so goalie's so expensive in terms of equipment in terms of training and then it's just the stress, the stress that the person goes through who's playing and the stress for my parents. Like being a goalie parent is not for the faint of heart, not for the faint of heart. Yeah, I'm sure there's. My dad didn't stand by anybody in the rink and my mom s sat in the middle of everybody. Like everybody needs like different layers of support because my yeah. dad didn't want to talk to anybody. Well, I think I think I would equate it to probably. No, I never played the position. Yeah. But playing quarterback in football. Yeah. Because yeah. you're either the hero. Yep. Or you're the goat. And yep. I don't mean the greatest of all time. We understand quarterbacking a lot more than we do about goaltending. And that's even within the sport itself. For a lot of goalies, as they're coming up through their, their development with youth associations and stuff, with practice, it's just like, go down on the net, stop some pucks. Like, there's not actual... Um, minute instruction, and so that's where I that's where I went to Stauber for, and that's where I learned how to how to do that. But man, it's not it's not the easy life, and it's not easy on the hips, on the knees, or on the brain, to be honest. Now, something you said, I, I'm 100 percent in full agreement with you in that you you playing a variety of sports as a kid, I feel like is one of those things that's beneficial. Yep. Like my son only played baseball and soccer. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't play anything anymore. He's he's focused on his music. Growing up, though, for me, I played football. I played basketball. I played baseball. Did you ever I get bored? Soccer. Did you ever hate no. going to practice? No. No. I, I used you to had that love, variety. It didn't matter what sport. I'll be honest. Football practice, not my favorite because I was a little guy yeah. and... I always felt like I had to impress the coaches by yep. by going out. And there's only certain there's only a certain amount of things you can do to impress the football coaches out there too, and a yeah. lot of it has to means. Yeah, like I I would always yeah. find the biggest guy in practice, and I didn't care. I felt like I had to if I wanted to play because I wasn't. I certainly my feeling was I certainly wasn't out there to get my butt kicked every single day to ride the bench. Right. And so I, I had to find the biggest guy and I would always try to knock him on his ass. It was just the way it was. I appreciate that about you though, because there's a lot of people that I've played with that I see that are perfectly fine with riding the bench. And no, honestly, it's, I, I, it's okay if you're riding the bench or if you don't aspire to be starter, whatever, but it's just, 
you got to have that edge to you. Well, and, and it has to bother you, at least for me. Like I, I had a really unique situation. I'm sorry to completely break off what you were saying, but I was at Ohio state for my first year in college. And that was a late recruitment for me because they had some injuries come down the their pipeline. And so they came to me and they said, hey, do you want to take this shot? And I was going back and forth on it because it wasn't a, uh, an automatic. I didn't know what it was like within three weeks. I got the call and then I was in Columbus. Like it was absolutely insane. But I didn't play. And once I found out that they weren't going to bring me back for that next year and they're like, well, you could try out again. You can do club. You can do whatever. I, I, I had other options out East at division one programs that were like, yeah, we'd love to have you, but we can't. And if anybody guarantees you starting time at any point in your, no, you start to, you, you question what the coach is telling you. Ah. You should, you should be earning it. Whoever you are. That's a, that's a big trap, but I didn't want all of the years of work and sacrifice that I had put in all of the years of investment my family had put in to amount to me riding the pine on a division one team just to say I got to be there. Like I wanted to play. I want I, I, I wanted to have a chance to make an impact on a program. And that's why I chose St. A's. Kicking and screaming, I didn't want to go to that either. My dad convinced me to to give it a shot because I was just mostly adrift in life at that point. But thank God I did because I, I wouldn't be here. I probably wouldn't be alive if I didn't get that intervention with St. A's and, and my and Coach Matthews who was there. And it's just and I think about how how close it is for me to just kind of mail it in and say I'm okay with what's with with just being with what I am instead of clawing for something and fighting for something and pushing myself out of a comfort zone. See now for me my my sports career ended after I, I ran one year of college cross country and my career ended after that because I decided I didn't want to go to college anymore and I wanted to travel and sure. do other stuff. So eventually went back to college, but I, I took the untraditional route and UNLV does not have men's track. So sure. that wasn't an option for me when I ended up in Vegas. But for me, I didn't want to ride the bench because I'm an ugly guy, first <laughs> of all. Second of all, be nice I, to yourself. I, I believe it or not, this may come as a shock to you, but I was not the most popular guy. I was Me friends. Either. I was friends oh. with everybody, oh. but like I wasn't like Mister Popular. So, but you you weren't the weird kids. Yeah, no, I was, I was no. the weird kid. So I felt like the only way I was going to be popular was to play. Yeah, because nobody wants the dorky kid who is ugly. Chapman, stop it! D- nobody wants to be friends with that guy who's riding oh God, the bench. We're going to do but, affirmations after the show. If if you're if you're playing, the players on the team, the popular players like you, so yep. you get to hang out with the popular kids. So that was that was my reason for. So I went out there every day in football practice, and I had to knock the snot out of people. And it was, you did it, and I did it, and I respect you for that. I, it was one of those things where it's not the I, smartest plan, but it's a survival plan yes, in the yes. jungle that is social dynamics of your youth. So, speaking of survival, yep, I don't know if we're there yet with the Golden Knights because they do have an eight-point lead on the Nashville Predators for that. Not that the Golden Knights are in the final playoff spot, but. The the difference between them and the next team that could knock them out of the playoffs is the Nashville Predators. The Fair. first team they play after the All-Star break. Yep. So they win that That's game. That's why we did the UC Soros preview. Yes. So they win that game. They're 10 points clear. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of ground to make up. 10 points. 
But it's one bad streak. It is because we've just seen a 10-game streak. That's, that's a week and, that's and a half really of a bad. bad streak. But you also have to think that Nashville, who has been inconsistent, that they're not going to have another bad streak. So I don't know if the Golden Knights are quite in survival mode yet. But when I look at the schedule... Rations are low, though. We're on meager rations on the Oregon Trail, and Sally just died from dysentery. So yeah, we got well, we got to huddle together. Poor Sally. Yeah, poor Sally. She, she never saw it coming. No. So, she said, don't drink the water. She said, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> and now she's deader than hell. So... Damn Lewis and Clark that left <laughs> Sally out to dry. No credit to Sagajoya. She gets no, she was the lifesaver. I know, and all they gave her was a coin. Yeah. 200, 300 years later. And it was a well, it was a fake gold coin, too. Yeah. I actually have some of those somewhere. Yeah. Because I thought they were cool. Yeah. So you look at the Golden Knights schedule after the break, and it's it's tough. It is tough. I I, I did the math and 31 games remaining. They've played 51 games. So 31 games remaining before the end of the season. 19 of those 31 games are against teams that are currently in the playoffs today. Now, I'll go through it. They've got three games left with Calgary. Three games left with Minnesota. They've yet to play the Wild this year. Really? Yeah. They play the preseason, though? No. No. Haven't seen them at all. We have not seen the Minnesota Wild in Vegas since last season. I think it was the Mark Andre Fleury tribute game. I think that's the last time we saw the Wild. I don't even remember that. I remember the first time he came back as the, as a member of the Blackhawks, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's right. He, he did come and they won the game. Yep. Um, they have two games left with Dallas, two games left with Tampa, who they haven't seen yet. Two games left with Carolina. Who they haven't seen yet. And that's part of the uh, formidable that, South Florida that, loop. Yeah, because Florida's in there as well. Yep. Um, who they, they have one more game with. They have a game left with Colorado, New Jersey, L.A., and two games left with Seattle and Edmonton. Oof. So yeah, you, really you look schedule. at that. Of that those, those are 20 games I just rattled off. Plus, you have two left with Nashville, who is also figuring to be in the mix, they hope. Right, and I think you have may have a game with St. Louis, but I don't think St. Louis is is going to be making the noise to get well, into the playoffs. And but, as I look at the schedule too, it's kind of weird that there's back to back games against Edmonton where we're up there at the end of a three game road trip, and then they play here in Vegas three days later. Well, there's one like that with Minnesota exa- too, exactly. Like literally the next week, and then Seattle to here. end the season. Yeah, how weird is that? And that might play into the dynamic of of how we approach these teams as well. It's almost kind of like the uh, the bubble year. Now, Not, what's the year after? Because there's the bubble, and I then think there's, there's the year the after. Empty what? arena year. Yeah, that's that's how I have. Empty year. Yeah, that was so weird. You know, going. I I did not go to a lot of games that season. Um, I went to them later in the season, but yeah. early on, I, I didn't go to a lot of games for various reasons. But um, it was it was strange. It was very strange. I've never, I'll never have a experience like that. Did first you game Did you get I, to go to any Raider games? No. I went to a couple Raider games that year, and it was the weirdest what thing. What a cavern to play in. Because you're, you're in the press box, and you're at an NFL game. Furthest place away. And you can still hear players yelling and cheering and talking yep. trash. Like To be able to be at an NFL game and that far away mm-hmm. and hear the players talking trash, at least with the Golden Knight games, they pumped in 
crowd noise. They pumped in. You know, Mark Chinook was still out there with Katie Marie, and they were doing their thing, and yeah. fans were watching that that whole thing from home. It was almost like they were at a game, but they weren't at a game. They were like closed circuit for, for those who remember that. What a weird time to be in existence. It really was. It was very odd. And, and as that, the season, that Minnesota series came around, that game seven was the first game, I think, that they allowed everybody back. It, and it was, again, something I'll probably never experience again in terms of the sensory overload that that was for it being so empty and all of us being deprived of something like that, yeah. an environment like that. And then for it to come back with that ferocity was incredible. Yeah. So incredible I, I guess we could. And I believe none of the Canadian teams the entire year were allowed to have fans. No, I don't no. think they ever well, that's got why they to were a their point. own division. Yeah, that was so. They didn't cross the border. That was so weird because you had St. Louis and Minnesota yeah. and Colorado in the division with Vegas and yeah. uh, San Jose, and then you have teams in Canada traveling Cross, all the time zones. Yeah, but what was really weird was playing those series. Like you would yeah. see a team for three or four games in a row. Correct. That's that, what I mean. It, it'll kind of lend to a little portion of the end-of-the-year schedule here because, as we mentioned, there's three instances where you see the same team back-to-back. So I know you have some notes on, on this, but I want to ask you before we get to those notes. Yeah. Of all the teams in the Pacific Division, who who do you think is the one that gets it together and makes a move and wins a division? Wins the division? Like, who? who's the team that you think oh, has God. the capability to put it all together and track down? Like, do you do you trust I think Seattle? Ca- I, I don't. I don't trust Seattle yet. I don't but, either. But that's not... It's just because they haven't been here before. I would trust Calgary to do it more than any of the other teams because... They have the net mining already there. Edmonton, it's still kind of a new new type of tandem between Skinner and uh, and Jack, uh, Campbell. Jack Campbell. And then, like I mentioned, I'm not really sure if I if I trust fully the ability for the Kraken to keep up the scoring and still play that defense. But we know what to expect from a Daryl Sutter coach team. We know that that team has brought a new talent that's still gelling. But guys that know what it takes to win, like Nazem Kadri, like like Jonathan Huber, or like Mackenzie Weger, I really think they're going to get it figured out. And they might not win the division, but I think they're going to make the playoffs. And that means somebody's going to be probably knocked out that's in the top three right now. So just for clarification, Calgary is only six points behind Seattle. They also have, I'm sorry, they've played 50 games. Seattle's played 49 so, and I think the Kings are too streaky to win the division. Well, this I don't year. trust their goalies. Yeah, correct. I correct. think I think what we can take away from this is that all these teams—Vegas, Seattle, L.A., Edmonton, and Calgary—they all have major question marks. Yep, every damn one of them. And I think the one that I am watching is Edmonton. Yeah, they've gotten healthy. Evander Kane is back. Yep. We know what Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are capable of. I think Nugent Hopkins needs to, needs to up his game a little bit. Hyman's stepped up in that stead in the meantime. He's and unreal. You mentioned the goalie, Skinner, who's yep. an all-star. Kind of come out of nowhere. I would expect them to move Pugliarvi as well. That's a that's a guy who's always rumored to be on the move. He's definitely going to be on the move. So I also think Edmonton is going to be a buyer. Yes, at the deadline, hundred percent. Like I, I think, I think they. I put decided, Edmonton as an automatic in the top three at this point. I think they win the division. Right. 
I, don't, I, don't, I think they're the favorite, but I think Calgary is the dark horse. I think that's a fair fair assessment yeah. because Calgary, Daryl Sutter, obviously, but uh, I think the X factor for Calgary is is Nazem Kadri. Yeah, yep. because he's and if Markstrom could well, that show some semblance of what he usually a, is. He hasn't been. No, he's been and what was their backup? Vladar. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, Dan, is it Dan Vladar? Dan Vladar. Yeah. yeah. So they have not been. The team that that I think we expected them to be, but you know what? I look at it like this: last year, I for one had extremely high expectations of them in the playoffs, hundred percent, and they flopped. Right. Well, and they time. were playing a game that wasn't conducive to Daryl Sutter's style. Like but they were very rush heavy. I think the thing is with them going into the season, they were probably the team in the division that had the most question marks. Yeah, but at the same time. They because also kind of got better. You had well, question marks, but in terms of what they lost and their two franchise players, I, I don't think you could feel much better than what the situation well, yeah, they put because, themselves because in. Because obviously, getting getting um, uh, Huberto Huberto from yep. from Florida and in, in the and their, trade. and their defensive core has always been very very transient. So Weger mm-hmm. locks a lot of that down, or at least pushes. It's uh, a defenseman's a much bigger impact addition on any roster simply because on any given night you're probably dressing six of them versus twelve, and so there's there just gonna be more minutes. And it, you just say if you take care of one half of the top pair and it puts everybody else down, things look a lot differently, don't they? Like shit, this the defensive lineup for the Golden Knights looks a lot different with Shea Theodore in there, doesn't it? Absolutely. Now it's like a whole new world. Looking looking at the teams that have the capability to make big time moves. Yep. Calgary has a lot of cap space. Yep. Compared to Vegas, who is the top when it when you factor in LTIR contracts, Vegas has the highest yep. uh cap hit in the league. I don't think Bill Foley cares, cares about that though. No, Bill but Foley Ed, cares Edmonton, about winning. Edmonton is third. So I think Edmonton will, will will still make a move. I think they'll have to get creative. Yeah, you'll have to have somebody retaining. It depends on the, how big of a fish that they're going to go out for, but they'll need help. Most teams that are trying to move these big time contracts, if they're going to happen, are going to need help. Now, I, I know some people sources. might be listening, driving around Las Vegas, very upset that I don't think either one of us think Vegas is going to win the division. That's okay. I think it is okay. It's okay I, not I think, to be the top winner all the time because it makes I think you work harder. The, the, the key is if you make the playoffs. You want to be in that top three. Yeah. Because I don't think you want to run into a situation where you're the wild card team and you, because I, just yeah. like I'm saying Edmonton's coming, I think Colorado is going to make a make a, a run yeah. in the second well, half Well, and it's not like we've had a great track of success versus Dallas. Yeah. Should they be the top or Minnesota, as we've talked about, is a really tough series so of an I, opponent. I think, so I'd rather face a Pacific Division opponent. I think that's the key. And I don't. Of all the teams, I think I don't want to see Los Angeles. Correct. I think you you, you I can think LA figure wants it out. To see us, but we don't yeah. want to see them. I think you we can figure things out here. I think you know Bruce Cassidy and company can figure things out against other teams in the division. Yep. I don't know if they can. I, I, it's just a bad matchup. LA is just a really bad matchup for this team. Yeah. Now, I, I know. Win- I, I think Winnipeg kind of falls a little bit too. Well, like you said the other day, they're 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 going as far as Connor Hellebuck yep. can take them. Hundred percent. So I know I know you you had some things that you you oh. think that the team needs to do in the second half of the season in order to 
not only maintain that playoff spot, but yeah. also to... I took some notes at the beginning of the week of just some specific thoughts about the Golden Knights, and so I'll just kind of run through them here. The The play before below the goal line, I really harped on this the last couple weeks because it, it not only tires out your opponent, it lends itself to offensive zone retention. How often have we seen high zone offensive turnovers with the puck going back the other way? on an odd man rush. Usually not a great time for us these days. But as I mentioned, make your opposition, make decisions, be on a swivel. Uh, it takes away from the fortification of the physical edge in front. It's something that Bruce Cassidy has been very vocal about these last few weeks, about how the Knights have not been able to infiltrate the box in front of the net in the house. Uh, there's a zone entry stubbornness in terms of how we enter that offensive zone and, and go through the neutral zone that results, as I mentioned, in those turnovers in the high offensive zone on rushes. The entries tend to look too choreographed and the players too spaced out there. When we teach kids to kind of enter the zone, you want to have different layers so you can have a drop pass or maybe there's one that you leave for them and they kind of cycle b- b- behind one another. But the Gold Knights, it's almost like everybody's downhill. Here's track A, here's track B, here's track C. This isn't Hot Wheels. There needs to be more fluidity and 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 it will lead to more creativity and hopefully less stops at the blue line where we're going off sides. Have you seen that a few times, Chapman, where they'll get like three off sides in a span of four or five minutes because their time they get, is completely They get ahead off. of themselves, yeah. They get ahead of themselves or they make the pass at the absolute last possible second where if they would have made it half a second earlier it's a completely different consideration but as I mentioned very little east to west layering getting that and confidence back in that part of your game will help them immensely. In terms of zone exit efficiency, we know that Bruce Cassidy's defensive system is a lot more about enduring the the opposition's fury, but sometimes they get stuck in there for too long because their breakouts are too broken up because forwards are leaving and they're not supporting the D. You can't leave too much space for the opponents to disrupt those defensemen and gather in the open ice. I'm talking about the area at the tops of the circles where a lot of those turnovers happen. And then our forwards end up being the top part of the hamburger bun, and they're absolutely no help. Hamburgers are good. They are good. They're very solid, especially when the buns are toasted. Uh, Exactly. Uh, They need to make sure that they minimize getting scored on early in frames. Those first and last minutes are critical to your confidence going into the locker room and not putting yourself at an extreme disadvantage. And then hygienic skating, if you want to get like super, super specific and not over committing to marks, being on time to hit gaps. When your confidence is low, it is really easy to fully invest in the current rusher play. And then you end up overextending yourself, skating an extra five or six feet. And that takes you out of your ability to get back be on the back check and ultimately hopefully go back on offense because you've been able to gather the puck with good support. Like ultimately it just causes everybody to lag. And so that quick twitch puck magnetism needs to be at more of a, a, a readied pace. But as I mentioned, a lot of this has to do with that unlocking of that confidence and not feeling like we were talking about with Bill Lindsay earlier, where you're just overthinking everything. And so with the time off with some practice days and with this new identity that they're going to have to forge from them for themselves without Mark Stone. A lot of this is an easy fix. Winning fixes a lot of things, cures a lot of things, but those wins start from little tweaks and areas up and down the ice, as I just laid out for each and every one of you. Awesome. Thanks. You're just letting me go off on tangents today. I'm a huge fan. I don't know if it's, if people are liking it or not, well, but it's my last I, day. So what do I, care? you know, I, 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 I listened to the, the couple of podcasts and one of my takeaways was I talk way too much. I don't know about that. So I, I, I felt like I, I, I needed to give you 
Now you're overcorrecting. You're like, give her the give her the space. Let's just let her just let her play and paint with all the colors of the wind. But you know what? I appreciate you, chap. I really do. Do you want to give away a pair of tickets? I guess. I mean, you're not logged into the promo suite I know, over I know. here. Well, we I didn't can, plan for it, but you know what? We can we can roll and I be can, fluid. I can slide over there. Just like we were talking about with the Golden Knights, that fluid offensive zone entry. Let's just see what we can do. So it's game against Ducks, February 12th, Super Bowl Sunday, noon. I almost said kickoff. Noon puck drop out at T-Mobile. Uh, so if you are caller number six, you will get to go to that game. One-timers next, VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. All right. It is my last chance to do one-timers, so I'm going to make it a good one, Give I hope. Give it all you got, Chavez. Yeah, so Dylan Strom signs a five-year extension with the Washington Capitals. It's five years by $5 million One a season. One of the Stroms. Yeah, not Ryan. That, they're everywhere. The yes. Stroms, the Flurries. Yes. Kale Flurry? Is that one? Yeah. yeah. But not, Mark Andre's not related. No, anyway. no, no relation. So, no. Uh, good deal for Washington. I mean, I guess everybody for me that signs there is just signing on to be part of Ovi's big moment and, and helping him achieve that. I don't expect them to actually go anywhere or do anything with it, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, how cool would it be to be the guy who has the assist on that? It'd be pretty cool. Probably get uh, free drinks from a few places in Russia for the rest yeah, of your you life. Yeah, will, you'll definitely go down as a footnote in history. For sure. Now, Vladimir Tarasenko, who actually I think was, was participating in this uh, thing they have right now, he is obviously an all-star. And he's rumored to be on the trade deadline. However, by the way, I heard he did this in third person. Really? Yes. You guys are twins. So um, he's a guy that, that's been mentioned, right? Maybe Vegas takes a takes a flyer he's or a He's a swing. shooter, that's for sure. Is someone calling me? Perhaps. I'm on the air. So Why are you popular. calling me? So jealous. It's my mother. Doesn't nice she know? I don't know. She doesn't care. That's what we know. No, well, that's, yeah. So he says that... There's belief in the Blues locker room, and he's not focused on a trade. Now, he will be a unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, but St. Louis Blues, 51 games, 49 points. They are eight points behind Calgary and Colorado for a playoff spot. I know they may believe. Well, they're about three team-only meetings deep already this five season. Five-game so. losing streak. Yep. They're, they're one of the bad streakers this I, year. I do not believe the St. Louis Blues are a playoff team. I don't either. Now, I don't either. His quote, now remember he said this as third person, but I don't think I should see, I guess he didn't because it's quoted as saying, and maybe the person who wrote it, yeah, maybe they didn't say Vlad doesn't think he should waste his time and energy to be focused on things he can't control. You could ask the general manager, Doug Armstrong, what's going to happen. Are you buying what Vladimir Tarasenko is saying well, or I think selling? I'm buying the fact that he's like, go ask him. I'm not, this isn't my thing. And that's a healthy way to look at it. This is a guy that put in a trade request over a year ago and they held on to him. And so I would expect him to be moved because you don't want to lose a talent like that for nothing. Now, the reason obviously they there might be belief is the team that won the Stanley Cup not too long ago. The last year before COVID, they won the cup. Yep. They were in last place. And but yep. I don't think 
A, it's not the same team. Jordan Bennington does not seem like the same He's more player. focused on settling scores rather than stopping them. Well, Ryan and I, I'm on Ryan's side here. Ryan likes to refer to him as the fakest tough guy in the league. Yeah. And I think that's a really fair assessment. Like, I, I think he wants to provoke... Right, but, but he doesn't I, want to answer for it because I, he's yes. kind of protected in that way too. And that's if you were if you were really keen about fighting, you should have fought. Was it Saros that was waiting for him at the blue line the other night? Uh, I can't remember who that was. Somebody that I wouldn't put as a fighting goaltender, but somebody's going to give it to him. Yeah. So I'm, I I don't want to say I'm, I'm here for it, but I I'm never going to say no to a goalie fight. I, I want to see it. I want to see a goalie fight, and he's just not my favorite. Do you do you think when they're when the the next goalie fight? He's probably involved. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, why else would any of these guys want to potentially break their hands? Other yeah. than, to, like, there's not that many guys that are itching for that type of yeah. uh, experience. Uh, he fought someone LT in, in might the dust A. it up. You know what? I, I would not mind seeing that. Oh, no. I bet LT gets wild. I I, wonder, I would love an LT binner fight, actually. I wonder if LT's ever been in a fight. I bet you he has. Yeah. I bet he, he seems like the type that but would stick up for his something teammates. Something we may have to ask if he has Perhaps. been. Perhaps. After the next loss? No. Just kidding. No, 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 no. We're never no, going to no. lose again, guys. Uh, hopefully he's in a good mood the next time we talk to him. I think he'll, he'll be in a good mood. But, as long as they're winning. Yeah. So I'm I'm with you. I'm not buying St. Louis Blues being a playoff team. I'm not buying them having a chance to win the Stanley Cup. If think, they want to actually give themselves a chance four years down the road, now's the time to start selling assets. Otherwise, it's at least a six-year proposition. It's it's a long-term rebuild there. Yes. A lot of older players. And they've committed big dollars to young guys that aren't too keen on back-checking all the time. Robert Thomas. Yep. They so, let Vince Dunn go. Yep. Who I really, really like. Yep. He's great for Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good player. So, yeah, I'm with you. Obviously, no Petrangelo there either, the captain. So, O'Reilly, UFA, I'm just not buying. Sorry, Vlad. Now, on to this. Leon Dreisaitl, who I think finished in last place in this competition, he was, (laughs) he is afraid of the ocean. He won't snorkel. He won't scuba dive. Oh, Leon! Does that surprise you? No, but it's disappointing for him. Ocean is awesome. I mean, I know a lot of people that are scared of the ocean. That One of my friends, we went down to Miami Beach, actually, and she wouldn't go out there. See, I'm the type where if I get swept out to sea, first of all, that's my fault. Second of all, if I get attacked by a shark and I'm on the way out, at least I get to get on Shark Week. And it's not, and it's not their fault if they attack me either. I'm in their house and messing around, and so I. W- it's not the worst way to go. Now I I grew up on the ocean. Yeah. I grew up on it's a, a different surfboard. ocean up there. Well, the Northeast, it's definitely a, definitely a little bit different. Um, I I I love the ocean. I I told my wife when we moved back to Japan that I want to live in an area where there's a lot of surfing. Yeah. She's not too keen on living close to the ocean, but. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I've never really been afraid of being attacked by a shark. Yeah. But a few years ago, I went back. I was back home and my cousin, my cousin Donald and his brothers, they, they own a boat. And we went the, we took the boat out. We went through the bay, went through the inlet out into the ocean. Yeah. And my cousin tells me, he's like, hey, he's like, I'll drop the anchor. And you jump in. Now, we're probably like a mile off the shore. 
Yeah. What month was this? This was in the summertime. So we're this good. This is like prime great white season. Well, that's the thing. He said, if you want to jump in, I just got to warn you. There have been a few shark sightings in the area. He said, yeah. I used to do it, but I won't do it anymore because of that. Yeah, it's, so, there's been an uptick in recent years. So I, I, I thought twice about it and did not do it. Now, a lot of people don't may not know this, but the movie Jaws is based on yep. shark attacks that took place on the Jersey Shore right. back in the early 1900s. There was a string... Now, they think that it, it was a bull shark. Right. That, so not a great white, but the bull shark is a nasty, They're nasty. They're almost more gnarly between them and the tigers. Well, I think the bull the, sharks have the highest in body testosterone in the world. I think it's either bull or tiger shark where they have the most testosterone in the world well, for any being. The other thing with the bull shark is, and they're prevalent in Florida. Yeah. Well, they can they, swim up a river. That's the thing. Yep. They can go into Freshies. the fresh water. Yep. They find them in the Mississippi River. Yep. Now, I don't know how far north they go, but... It's wild. It, Nature is wild, It man. truly is. Now, I don't... I don't really watch Shark Week too much, but... I used to. I don't really anymore. What, if it's on, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. Like, I like the nature shows, but I'm more of a... I like to watch the alligators and crocodiles. That's that's a good bit, too. I was a huge crocodile hunter kid. Yeah. And so I just love watching all that stuff. I, it's on my bucket list to go cage diving in South Africa. See, now, I... Seal that's Island, where they go breach, Yes, dude. that's something I want to do. It's the only do. place in the world, that ha- at least that we know of. It might happen in other spots that we don't know. I've got some friends from South Africa. You don't say... I. You're gonna be my you're gonna be my contact yeah. for this. Yeah, we'll go to Cape Town, I hang out. I don't I don't know if Jeff is listening. My Jeff, bu- my buddy Jeff. Jeff, you got a boat in Cape Town. <laughs> Let me know. I I'm trying to make a lifelong memory. I don't know where in South Africa Jeff is from, but uh, dude, I, I made I made a lot of friends I'm with South gonna be Africans. I'm so scared. Yeah, but how, I, how cool would it be? I just want to just be in the boat by him and see the sheer size of these yes, animals. Yes. That's how I want to be under the water and be like, that is a 14 foot great white shark. And I just want to see it. Now, one of the coolest things I've done yeah. when I lived in the Philippines, they have a zoo. It's about two hours north of Manila. And their big thing is they have like a hundred crocodiles in this tank. Dude. Not a tank. So but like, like a, a rope you shimmy across? Well, it's it's one of those rope bridges Dude. and you go across it. I with, don't know about that life. With chicken. Dude. Uh-uh. And you lower the chicken those down. Those things, uh, those tails are so powerful. Well, you're, they you're can pretty just, high up. I know. You're, you're like probably like 50 feet up but above them. Man. And, and all I could think about was Temple of Doom yeah. at the end when Indy cuts the rope of the rope bridge and the guys fall down and they're eaten by the crocodiles. I'm like, if I see someone coming with a machete, I'm running. Dude. <laughs> Crocs and alligators are a different bit. Yeah. That's a different bit. Because they will they will do that. If they're death chasing roll. you, run in a zigzag pattern because they can't run that way. One one more alligator story. Many, many years ago I went to a wedding in a place called Venice, Florida. And I stayed at a friend's condo. And I'm with my my girlfriend at the time, and in the in the yard of the condo is a little pond. Yep. And there is a sign that has a picture of crocodile or alligator, and it says, "Do not leave children or pets unattended." Yeah. There's alligators in the little pond, so I didn't see one in the pond. So one morning I decide I'm going to go for a swim in the pool. 
which is across the parking lot. Yep. I get in my bathing suit, flip-flops, towel, start walking towards the pool. There are multiple animal control people around the pool. Yeah. And there is a gator in the swimming pool. This thing climbed over the fence yeah. to get in to the pool. Yeah. And I said, I'm done. I, I could we never... We know more about the space than we do about what's in our oceans. I could never live in no, Florida. No, me either. Because I, I, I'm, Certainly I, not. I, I would be definitely afraid nope. of alligators. No, nope. and I got stung by a jellyfish down there once, so oh. now it's just we're beefing for the, Ho- for the rest of my life. Hopefully it wasn't one of those Portuguese man of wars. No, okay. I don't think so. I think I'd probably be dead, but I had to get vinegar <laughs> poured on my leg, oh. and then I had a rash for Is like a week. Is there a worse week. smell in the world than vinegar? No, pee probably. No. That's the alternative <laughs> option. You're like, did somebody pee on your leg? I'm like, no, vinegar! On that Same note, results. On that note, I'm going to end it. It's one-timers. On February, Friday, February, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Catching up with Chapman next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, my last Catching Up with Chapman for the week. And Lindsay, I just want to say I've had a lot of fun doing the show with you for the week. I Me know, too, bud. I know the listeners enjoyed it. We got a lot of really positive feedback. I don't think we got any negative feedback, which is good. We may Still get some got two from, minutes, man. Yeah. Don't count the chickens yet. Bring, bring it on, haters. Bring it on. But no, I just want to say that, that I appreciate the opportunity that uh, was given to us. I, I, I know you do as well. Absolutely. Um, from the higher ups here at Lotus Broadcasting, Q and, and whoever else was involved in making the decision to let us do this and just want to say uh, thanks to everyone who joined us Bernie Fratto, uh, Natalie Snodgrass, mm-hmm. uh, Jamie Hirsch, Bill Lindsay today. Great name. Brian McCormick. Uh, he's all right. Um, yeah. No, he's he's cool. He's a Jets fan. Well, he's I'll cool. I'll take your word for am it. I, am I forgetting he, anyone? Who, who do we have think on Monday? So. We didn't have anybody on Monday. No? It was just us. Oh. Pretty oh. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like that was a lifetime ago. Oh, Justin Roth. Justin Roth from LV we had Police him yesterday. Nights. Yep, yeah, yeah, we had him yesterday. That was yep. not Monday. That was yesterday. So yeah, thanks. Big thanks to everyone who joined us. Big thanks to everyone for listening this week. Darren and Ryan will be back on Monday. Golden Knights in action on Tuesday in Nashville. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Hasta luego.